to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today I want to introduce you to Jeff Hawk. And given his tremendous background in IT, real estate, and business overall, he would be an excellent resource to advise you on teaching strategies for your properties. And he values each client and gets to know them exceedingly well. So Jeff, how are you doing today? And thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on the show, Eileen. I'm excited to be here. So can you give us a little bit more of an insight into your background and how you got into real estate and where your focus is now? Sure, absolutely. So I had a about 25-year long career in corporate IT. I was involved in server and network engineering. I had done that quite a bit from Broadridge, uh, about 20 years there. Then I worked for UBS and managed large data centers and uh, network engineering teams. In 2018, decided to make a career transition into uh, real estate, first residential and then quickly to commercial. Uh, from there, uh, real estate development in the multifamily uh, sphere. And over the last, uh, let's say, year or so, I've been working uh, in property technology, which kind of blends together the best of all worlds, things that I love, technology and real estate. Right now, I'm a partner at ePropertyCare. Care. We're a smart building technology integration firm, and we focus uh, exclusively on the multifamily MDU world, multifamily dwelling unit world. So uh, it's been quite a journey over the last couple of years, but absolutely uh, been loving the industry. So how did you come across and wanted to focus on like the smart technology and implementing that, incorporating that into multifamily and commercial properties? So... I've always been interested in real estate and real estate development over the last two years. And really since COVID began, really doubled or tripled down on the amount of business networking I was doing. And it was actually quite interesting. I regularly attend a meetup group that's run by Yona Weiss, who many, many people know, the cost segregation king. The great Yona. That's right. And in March of 21, my now business partner, Charles Hadsell, was a presenter on uh, Yona's meetup talking about smart technology. And I got really interested in what he was doing. Uh, long story short is after that uh, networking group, Charles and his team reached out to me. They're like, hey, we checked out your background. We see what you've done in, t- in tech and what you're now doing in real estate. We think you could be a good fit on our team. And at first of all, I was very you know, flattered by that. And, you know, when we dove into it, I was like, wow, this is a really interesting fit for uh, my background. And I joined, had an opportunity to join in April and I jumped on it. So since I joined, uh, it's been a real 
journey and a tremendous learning experience. But I guess the point of all the meetup groups, there's many, many people that come on and they're kind of passively, you know, listening to the speaker. I try to make a point to always ask questions, get engaged with the conversation. And it definitely works because that was the reason that at that time, Charles and, and his team had reached out to me. So I think my first bit of advice is if you're going to be a regular attendee, uh, really, you know, kind of sit up, turn your camera on, be engaged, take notes, ask questions, because you never know what's going to come out of that. And in this case, you know, I became a partner in the firm by kind of being at the right place at the right time. So Jeff, when you are in this industry and you're looking and incorporating smart technology, how have you seen the, since you've come on, you know, like how have you seen the growth of it and the number of people actually incorporating it and how are they seeing the value of incorporating smart technology into their properties, into their projects? Sure. So it definitely takes different uh, shapes. And what I'll say is we look at new development new construction development opportunities, which right now, as we all know, the Sun Belt is really red hot with development, a lot of population migration to places like Florida and Texas, as an example. So the rate of new construction and development there is very, very high. As we're engaging with developers, what we're showing them is if you're going to put in the technology, there's a couple of things you could do. Number one, you could protect the asset by having things like video cameras and water valves and surveillance systems and other access control, which is you know a benefit for the property and really the safety of the resident. Then as you get to the unit level, we're showing them ways that if they put in uh, these technologies, they can monetize them. You know, so can you charge a thousand dollars or can you charge eleven or twelve hundred? And times, you know, two or three or four hundred unit developments, that's real money. That definitely affects the NOI on the property, exit cap rate. So there's the technical side of the business, but it's really at the end of the day, the real estate business is dollar cents. It's got a pencil and it's got to make sense. As I look at the real estate syndicator, which is often different, acquiring you know C-class properties many, many times on a path to try to value add or, or enhance, there's opportunities to use the technology also. I would say Retrofitting in that market is different, but there's still ways that you can do it. What I say in the syndicator world is you have to underwrite smart, not just do a good job of underwriting, do a good job of understanding the cost of the technologies so you can incorporate them into your business plan. If you do so, you can make money with the technologies. And quite honestly, as you're putting the the property back out to sale, going to be selling a better asset that's likely run better for you over the three to seven years that you've had it. So benefit all the way around. As you're looking and underwriting these different properties and you're looking to incorporate some type of smart technology, how Mm -hmm. do people even start to take a look at what the ROI is going to be on something like that if they're looking to incorporate some type of smart technology into their business plan? Sure. So I think the first thing that they have to realize is to do a good job at a unit with a smart thermostat and a door lock, you can start touching that for about $500 per unit. So we're not talking about an insane amount of money. And you know now there's people that are spending ten to 15000 on their value add to begin with. So I think another 500 isn't too bad. That's for one. 
Number two, the ROI conversation comes up in every meeting that we have, and its mileage will vary. What do I mean by that is every property is different. How much tenant turn are you doing? You know, right now we're doing a project in Boston where the building is 320 units, but they turn over 50% of the building every year because it's near the colleges in Boston. So in a high turn building, if you're constantly, as an example, rekeying locks, that gets very, very costly. If you have a property where you may turn five or 10%, it's going to change your numbers. So the short answer is we have to understand what you're trying to solve for. And then we could tell you, you know, what the values are, how much locksmith rekeying is, or how much you're spending on leasing agents, or how many times are you having a water emergency in your property? And we could get you to a ballpark on how much you could save. I would say in all scenarios, your ROI is probably a year and a half or less, depending on how you do it. And again, you have to look at it alongside of what's your hold period and what objectively you're trying to solve for. Some properties that we can get, get engaged with have historical problems with water leaks and other things where there are just tons of money being wasted. So there's a lot of opportunities for savings. So then also when you're looking at it and you know, you're trying to put together some type of budgets for incorporating some type of smart technology in order to stay competitive with the other. I mean, it really depends on the market and what the demand is for property by property and what the market is, is, is willing to pay for it. So, Mm -hmm. but at a minimum, you know, like what are some of the different types of technologies at a minimum that we typically like to see in different apartments or different development projects on your side? Sure. So if you're looking at the unit level, I would say the door keyless door lock and the smart thermostat, that's kind of now like your basic table stakes. If you're going to say you have a smart apartment with that setup, the person could get in and out of their unit without a key. They could do things to get visitors in and out. They could be raising and lowering their heat or air in the unit or remotely from it. So that's kind of like your basic table stakes. From there, we'll get involved with things like a small brick that's a water sensor. So that could be placed near like in-unit laundry or a dishwasher to prevent floods. And then we get involved with smart outlets, smart light switches, integration with Alexa and on some of the other home assistants. So again, depending on what you're trying to do, but basic table stakes, lock thermostat. That's going to get you in the game for smart building technology or smart apartment. And right now we're doing that for on hardware, sub $500. Are you seeing a lot of more an increase in demand with the younger generation as more in tuned to technology and they're looking to get more ways to be more advanced in technology and, and not just settling for you know just the basics anymore? Are you seeing a lot of demand on that side? Tremendous demand for it, uh, born by you know more millennials in the rental market more people opting out of home ownership in favor of apartments, population migration from north to south, uh, more working from home because unfortunately of COVID. So yeah, there's many, many tailwinds that the, the business has right now because there is a exceptionally high demand for it. And basically as buildings are putting it up, then others are kind of being forced to take a look at it. I would say in the new construction realm over the next couple of years, it's going to become the basic uh, table stakes. 
especially for firms that are fully vertically integrated where they'll buy and keep their own tech buildings 100%. They will not go and put in a traditional key lock anymore for the diff- small difference that it is. It's a far better way to develop and implement uh, you know, new construction projects. So there's huge demand for it. Is there a hidden benefit to incorporating additional smart technology onto your projects that may not be as widely well known to people who don't typically use utilize smart technology? I think if you're looking at things like water protection, some of the things that we do offer in our platform, the answer is there's insurance benefit by having it. I think there's health and safety benefit on on the property. I think as you get into uh, larger properties where you know you're looking at insurance liability, slip, fall, different vandalism, many many ways that you could be protecting yourself as an owner in that regard. And really, for the units that have it, just a very very clear path to monetizing it. As we go through 22, we're going to be working more with Wi-Fi providers people that bring campus-wide Wi-Fi to the properties. So if you have a resident that has to go to Verizon or Comcast or Cox on their own and buy internet versus it being available from the moment they move in, we can deliver to them an experience that is internet and smart, which is probably cheaper than what they could buy internet alone on the street for. So there's a lot, a lot of interesting ways that you could monetize it. And now people are becoming more sophisticated with some of their developments. They're putting in co-workspaces. There's more consideration for people being home and wanting these technologies. And it's also, we're absolutely seeing the rise of more and more developments in the secondary and tertiary market where people aren't as close to the city center, are going to be working from their homes. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So they really need that internet and you know smart kind of uh, setup to be able to function properly. In the commercial space, is it a lot of just educating other people about the benefits of incorporating smart technology, or do most people already know the inherent value of what it could bring? It's an interesting question, and we definitely think about it a lot internally. What I'll say is, if you look at the upper end of the market, where it's a very sophisticated developer or national firm they may be more uh, set up with internal IT and technology innovation firms. If you go a layer down to the smaller, very good firms with regional developers, their core competency is real estate development and construction and property management. It's not IT. I think what's happening now is there's a push to do all this stuff because people want it. 
So it's also creating a need for firms like ours to be able to stand in there and kind of be like fractional IT in a way and kind of help them to navigate what to do. Inherently, they know that they want to do it, but there's also a level of fear that they have saying, well, if I put it in, who's going to help me to run it all? Again, it's part of our service offering and we can do that for them. I think that's where some of the concern comes from because they don't want to bite off something that they can't run. They do want to do a good job with it. So we have to create the right support environment for them so that they can do it and be successful at it. No one wants to do something that they're going to put in and like then struggle with. So it's creating a lot of opportunity for firms that really understand and can meet the developer kind of where they're at. Technology is constantly changing. And how do you determine which version or our, which version should we be incorporating, implementing into our projects versus always chasing the brightest, the newest thing that's on the market? Good answer. I think the, a good question. I think the answer is a lot of it has to do with the technology partners that you bring to into your building and who you work with. We're an authorized dealer for Alarm.com. Alarm is a you know very large company. They've been in the alarm and home automation business for probably 20 years. And we very much like the technology stack that they have, largely because it's comprehensive in nature. It uses cellular technology, which is widely available. There's advantages of being able to use that in small and large applications. I think the rate of change is definitely something to think about, but I don't think the lock, the door lock or the thermostat is a product that is like an iPhone. It is changing, but it's not changing necessarily at the same rate. Definitely be aware of like upgrade paths and whatever partner you choose, like how would they upgrade and what's their like duty cycle on the equipment that you're putting in. This stuff is meant to go in and be there for 10 years or probably better. So definitely something to think about, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's something to stop you from doing it. What's the most challenging part of actually implementing and incorporating, you know, different types of smart technology? A lot goes into the design and engineering of it to come, come up with the right solution that's appropriate for the property. At the end of the day, there's field work that has to get done. So we have to figure out with our clients, are they going to install it themselves or are they going to need installation support? Uh, we did build out a partner network across 50 states so we can do that for them. I would say that's one thing people wonder about, like the installation process and how they're going to navigate that. It's the economics of it. Basically, how are they going to ultimately fund it and how, to, how can we remove barriers to, uh, around that? And we've gotten creative with different programs that we could offer. Some people want to take it as a front capital uh, expense and then pay like monthly subscription. Other people want to spread it as OPEX over the whole period. It very much turns into a financial conversation above all, I would say, around, okay, I like it conceptually. Show me how I could buy it and make money at it. That's every single day, every single conversation. Yeah. Thank God we have a good answer for it. <laughs> At the end of the day, right? It's how do we impact the bottom line? 100%. That's what, that's what we're all here for. So Jeff, what is next for you guys and what are you looking to focus on? I would say this year, very, very strong concentration in the real estate developer market. Still you know, looking for 
syndicators that are interested uh, in doing it as well. There are a number uh, that are starting to drift into it and realizing the values there in their uh, properties too. Really looking at a number of build to rent uh, communities that are coming up. So we're getting involved with that. Military housing is another great category that we're involved in. So, you know, very, very good looking pipeline this year and just getting the word out, going on the podcast, speaking wherever we can to talk about the technology and kind of dispel some of the myths about it. Oh, I have a C-class property. I can't use it. You can use it. Let's figure out what you can do that makes sense and work with you to put in a plan for it. So I think every single property can benefit. I think every single owner would love to have video and understand what's going on with their properties. So yeah, coming up with the right solution, but really building the right relationships, partnering with people, meeting them where they're at, understanding what they're trying to do and coming up with solutions. And how has real estate investing impacted your life? So I am uh, definitely involved in investing also. Outside of e-property care, I have a firm uh, called Recalibrate Capital. Recalibrate Capital was chartered on the mindset that prop tech enabled properties are a differentiated product. So I'm not the say average of citizen that says, okay, value add is paint carpet and uh, stops there. I want to get involved with projects and help capitalize projects that will lean into technology and use it. I think it's a better experience for the tenant. I think it's a better experience for the investor. And I think you'll yield higher returns. So absolutely you know, looking for things where I can implement the technology and help firms that want to do it and, you know, get capital going for in that direction. So I see a lot of opportunity there, there as well. And I think it's going to continue to grow over the next uh, several years. And what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? As it relates to uh, multifamily and particularly syndication, it is not a do-it-yourself uh, sport. It's a team sport. There's a lot of different disciplines on the team. Underwriting is not the same as capital raising, uh, lease property management, asset management. They're all individual domains. It's great if you're the person that thinks you could do them all. I would argue that you probably can't. So Build yourself an exceptional team of people that you, A, love working with and really want to partner with and go forward with the best of uh, intentions always with the people that are really strong in their category. What I would love to do is help any team that I could be part of understand and rationalize the technology. I won't profess to be the person that is an expert on every corner of asset management. Do I understand it because of what I do now? Yeah, certainly I do. But I think the advice is leave it for the experts. Get yourself a good group of people that can advise you properly so you can have a great outcome for yourself and for your investor. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? Brute force determination. You have to work exceptionally hard there is no shortcut around the hardworking here. The people that I've seen that are successful, they work tremendously. They network tremendously. Uh, you know, it's probably overplayed the creation of value. You know, like everyone should be on LinkedIn creating value. But I would say 
sharing information and being inclusive about that, uh, that will take you exceptionally far in this industry. And I, I certainly adhere to it. I try to do it wherever I can. And I'm drawn to people that are that are like-minded and try to help other people as they're helping themselves. And what's one resource that you have utilized in your real estate uh, investing journey so far that has really helped you on your path? Definitely a fan of podcasts, which is why we're on one right now. So find people that you like and listen to their shows. Read as much as you can. LinkedIn often with a lot of research, showing up at the meetup groups regularly. Again, finding ones that you like and you feel that you're comfortable in going regularly and building up a substantial network of people that even if they're not in your town or state that you could call upon and get help, advice, questions. What I love about uh, the multifamily industry overall, I feel like it's very inclusive. I feel like there's a lot of people that are striving to improve their uh, family wealth position, but they also have exceptionally great professional background. And there's a depth of resources that are available. You have to put yourself out there, contribute where you can, not be afraid to ask people. And you can learn a tremendous amount. I've learned what I know just by being out there every day doing what I could do on LinkedIn, surrounding myself with good people. You can build yourself an exceptional network and an exceptional business. So Jeff, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you're focused on in this space, where's the best place that they can go? Sure. So as far as ePropertyCare goes, ePropertyCare.com. As far as finding me personally, absolutely on LinkedIn as Jeff Hawk, your smart building technology expert. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. My capital firm is recalibratecapital.com. I'm also working on a media group around podcasting and real estate marketing that's coming up, recalibratemediagroup.com. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me on any of the channels. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Aileen. I really enjoyed the conversation and you had super uh, questions. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.